on today's episode of I'm Just Saying That's Right. We are back, baby. We are talking Cleveland Cavaliers. Should they be tanking still? Zion, should he be playing the rest of the season? And I'm going to finally go off on the incompetency and the BS that is the ownership of the Dolans and the Cleveland Indians and the fact that they are just sitting here idly while almost every other team is getting better and they are just sitting on their hands, not doing anything, being complacent. We're getting into all of that today, hoping it's going to be a good episode. Like I said, we're back. It's good to be back. Let's get excited, people, and let's get into it. see if I still remember how to do this right. <clears throat> okay. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Whenever you're listening, as always, thank you for doing so. I am still Jack Kopansky. This is still, I'm just saying, the third episode here coming at you. Uh, it's been over a month since I've recorded one of these for, uh, quite frankly, no other reason than the fact that I've been too lazy to get off my ass and just record one. So now I figured this is Maybe not the perfect time. There have definitely been more perfect times, but now I finally have something that I'm incredibly, not incredibly passionate about, but very passionate about talking about as far as Cleveland sports goes. As I, as you, as you heard me mention in the in the intro there, um, before we get into that, I told him I was going to do it. The biggest reason I'm doing this again is because in our group, in uh, in a group chat I'm in with some of my buddies, Jack Murhar will not shut the hell up. Every time I say anything, his first and only response is just, what a podcast, reminding me that I literally have not dropped an episode since I think it was January 10th. So um, I guess thanks. I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, let's, 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 let's just go ahead and get into it now before I ramble and make any more of an ass out of myself than I already have. Cleveland Cavaliers. They won last night, much to the chagrin of many people. Obviously, now is 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 kind of is getting with 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 the All Star break done. It's it's getting closer to the time where you know draft implications are getting higher and higher. And obviously, for the Cavs this year, they've they've been big for the whole season after losing LeBron. Um, everyone's been clamoring to you know just tank it, especially with Kevin Love not being in for the first part of the season, just to tank this season get that number one pick and, you know, secure Zion Williamson or really whoever you want, really take your pick because obviously it's a number one pick. They beat the Suns last night who, if I stand, if I'm correct, the Suns are the worst team in the NBA right now, maybe only uh, maybe only ahead of the Knicks as I go look this up right now because I have done a phenomenal job preparing. I actually think I did a pretty good job. I got some good research here. I just forgot to look up this one thing. Yeah, the Knicks are one game worse than the Suns, who I guess that would make the Suns the second worst team in the league. Um, Cavs won last night, one eleven to ninety eight, and it was I, I didn't actually get to watch any of it. I just saw the updates, but I know I went uh, I went to get a bite with my buddy last night after after I was covering a game, and I heard the the, the couple next to me sort of moaning and groaning about how the Cavs won, and it kind of got me thinking about 
a thought that I'd had for a while, and I had I talked to my buddy about a little bit that night, was that in the NBA now, at least to me, and maybe this is me just being a completely uneducated basketball fan, and if that's the case, that's fine, but this is still the way I see it personally. The way the NBA is now, just getting a top draft pick, just getting the number one pick, just getting the next superstar rookie is not going to take any and every team immediately over the top, especially much less a team like the Cavs, who they are so far away from being, quote, just one player away. You know, it's 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 no longer a place where you can just have one rookie phenom to lead a team to the playoffs or a championship. Not not saying that there ever really was a definitive era where someone gets the number one overall pick and then they run the table. But you know, people are talking about getting Zion like it's like it's gonna immediately turn this team around. Yeah, you'll still have Kevin Love, but I mean, let's be honest, Kevin is Kevin never has been, never was sort of the number one type guy. He worked in his best when it was when he was kind of the third option behind Kyrie and LeBron when the when the original big 3 was here in Cleveland and adding Zion would obviously be great he you know he'll no doubt help but <clears throat> even adding Zion to this team who currently sits 13 and 46 for God's sake I don't see that as being able to get them over the hump even in the east you know, I mean, I, I used to be of the mindset, give the Cavs basically a chip in a chair to use a poker metaphor, just get them in, get them in, even as, you know, the seven, eight seed, get, get them in and then give them a chance to sort of maybe build some momentum and have a playoff run. But realistically, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen that way. I, I went back and I looked at, I looked at a bunch of old, uh, I looked back at a bunch of past first round picks and kind of, and kind of looked at how their teams have fared since drafting them. And there were there were a few in particular that that I that stuck out to me. I went back since LeBron was drafted in, in 2003, and obviously there are some that that kind of stick out as obviously being some some higher level talent. Dwight Howard with the Magic, he obviously fared pretty well getting them to the playoffs into I think at least one or two championships. Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, rookies of the year. John Wall, a steady uh, a steady star in in Washington. He's been a, he's been the mainstay there. Kyrie in 11. Um, Anthony Davis, let's not talk about Anthony Bennett because God, that gave me PTSD flashbacks just saying his name. Andrew Wiggins, Kat, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, DeAndre Ayton. And I, I think I think there's there the the one or two that stick out to me are the Sixers and the Wolves because they were in situations where the Sixers literally did have back-to-back first round picks in two years where the Wolves kind of not necessarily, not necessarily fell into it, but kind of traded for two first-round picks in two years. Drafted Cat, traded for Anthony Wiggins um, uh, when 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 the Cavs when the Cavs uh, signed LeBron. And if you look at the Wolves since drafting Anthony Wiggins, yes, I did just drop my mic. No, I'm not going to cut this because. The way Anchor has it has me record it. Man, I am all over the place right now. The way Anchor has me record it, I can't exactly cut and edit individual segments, and I've been talking for too long to redo all of this. So enjoy that literal mic drop. <clears throat> Anywho, since since the Wolves traded for Anthony Wiggins in 2014, or I should say after the 2014 draft, they they went 16 and 66 his first year there. Then in 2015. 
They drafted Carl Anthony Towns. There they went, 29 and 53. So after they've both been on the team for at least a year, 2016, 2017, they go 31 and 55. 2017, 2018, last season, 43 and 35, and they barely snuck into the eighth seed there. This year they're 27 and 30 and looking out and looking out on the playoff race. So though so again, two two first round picks in a row. And granted, it's in the West. I, I'm willing to concede that. But two first-round picks in a row, and they still can't consistently make the playoffs. Let's look at the Sixers now. Ben Simmons in 16, Markel Fultz in 17. Obviously, Markel Fultz, he's he's only played in a combined 33 games in these two years, and he just got traded to the Magic. He's a, a bum. But Ben Simmons, you know, it looks like a legit player alongside, you know, Joel Embiid. And, and the Sixers, the Sixers are doing it right. Let me just start by saying that if the Cavs want to use Zion or the number one pick or RJ Barrett or whoever as a springboard to take a 76ers approach of, you know, quote unquote, trust the process was was their big thing. That's fine. That's cool. But let's not have any delusions of grandeur of saying that getting this number one pick right now to pair with Love, Sexton, Osman is going to immediately turn this team around. It's, you know, Sexton, Osman and Zion is a great young core. You know, I, I think that's I think that's very exciting for the future, but I mean, that's still probably two, three, four years away from being even a playoff contender. You know, and it's it's just maybe I'm the only one taking everyone's excitement about the number one pick as as an instant gratification type thing. And if so, I'll own up to that. But even with Ben Simmons and you know Joel Embiid healthy. In 2016-2017, the Sixers were 28-54 and 54 in Simmons' rookie year, even though, he had, I, if I remember correctly, he was hurt there. And that's why he technically won Rookie of the Year last year when they went 52-30 and 30 and had the third seed. Now they're 38-21. and 21. And again, but again, you, I, I don't think you can put that as much on Simmons as much as you can Embiid. So, so there's a bit of a weird dichotomy there. But... The point I'm trying to make is this is not a league where a rookie, an all-star, a phenom rookie in Zion's case, is going to come in and turn your team around. This is now a league where you need to get two or three big-time established all-stars, and then you got to hope that you don't run into a Boston or a Milwaukee or, you know, if you get to the finals that you don't run into Golden State, or if you're in the West, you run into Houston. It's just, it, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I was originally on the tank for Zion train until I started to put this more thought into it. And it's just, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I would still love to have Zion because like I said, he's a great player, but in the long run, Drafting Zion, we we probably still don't make the playoffs in 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 four years if we just get if we just add Zion to this team and say we middle around we don't get another number one pick in those in these next four years, it's it's not it's not going to change anything, you know. And it's I, I know I know that's like a super pessimistic way of looking at it, but I mean that's that's just the way I see it. And there's. I, I I I understand why people are clamoring because they want some excitement now that LeBron's gone, and that's fair, and I get it. But I think that until you have, you know, if, if Colin Sexton and Jetty Osmond can can gel and can become, 
you know, these these big time players that everyone's hoping they are. And then you can add Zion in and then maybe maybe that becomes a mini big three. And then if Kevin Love is still on that team by then, that's great. But that's so many ifs and so much has to fall right in that scenario that I just don't trust it. So I so now what you're probably thinking is, okay, well, what's your point, you idiot? My point is, if the Cavs should want to continue to tank for the number one pick, I think it would make more sense if they get that pick to trade it to a team that has, you know, either multiple number one picks or to a team that is going to have multiple number one picks in the future so that so that that way they can sort of take somewhat of a Sixers approach to rebuilding this team. You know what I mean? Where if if there's if there's a team in this if there's a team in this draft that has two or more picks and from what I saw and this could be this could be incorrect. So if this if this isn't right, don't shoot me. But from what I saw that the teams that have multiple picks in the first round of this year's draft is Atlanta, they have two. Boston has three, San Antonio has two, and Brooklyn has two. Now, the last team in the world that I want to do business with is Boston and Danny Ainge. One, because screw them, and two, because we got gypped in that Isaiah Thomas-Kyrie trade, so take them off that list. But if you can if you can get a team that has multiple first-round picks so that you can, rather than having one, one stud and take – two high quality guys to sort of add to the depth and, and maybe go quantity over quality. I know that sounds back ass words, but to, that, that, that would seem to make more sense as a way to actually bolster this team rather than have a flash in a pan with some phenom rookie and then have him go to a big market in four or five years when his rookie contract expires because he's still on a team that hasn't made the playoffs once since he's been here i.e. Kyrie Irving from 2011 to, to, to 2013 when they went 78 and 152. Granted, there was a lockout shortened season in there. But, I mean, that's it's, it's the low-hanging fruit when having this conversation. But, I mean, I think it's the reality of how the NBA is now. You get a guy like Kyrie Irving who is who was the consensus number one pick that year. And you win 78 games in three years. It's just not a feasible model right now. And I and again, I'll keep going back to it. I know that the Cavs have young talent right now. But realistically, if that young talent is to start producing at any level, then we're having a different story, but right now they're not they're not there yet. And again, it's a pessim it's a pessimistic view of things, but we don't know if they're going to get there yet. And just getting Zion is not going to immediately flip the script on this team. That's, that's, that's all I'm trying to get at. I, I, I do think, I do think that just out of sheer, sheer lack of consistency and, you know, lack of, lack of competition against other, against other teams, both in the East and the West, the Cavs are probably going to be one of those last three teams that are going to have the equal odds to get the number one pick. And when it comes to that, I hope they do get it. I, I hope they get the number one pick, and I hope they take Zion. But I'm going to know, and I hope everyone else knows, that it does not mean that 2019-2020 is going to see the Cavs cracking into the playoffs. And I will own up to the fact that I might be the only one viewing it that way, and that's fine. But that's where I am on that. Now, speaking of Zion, that brings me to my next point. The incident a few nights ago 
<clears throat> when Zion broke through his shoe like 30 seconds into the game against UNC and didn't end up playing the rest of the game. And there was obviously the whole, you know, everyone everyone gets so worried about obviously if he's going to play the rest of the season, if he, if he was going to be healthy to play the rest of the season. I should say, and then obviously, you know, you got you got D bags like Darren Ravel, whose first instinct is, oh well, you hate to be the guy that owns Nike stock here. It's oh, Nike stock's gonna plummet. Shut up, shut up, Darren Ravel. I used to love Darren Ravel. I used to think all his weird stats were awesome. I used to be, I used to be the guy that was backing up Darren Ravel when my buddies were talking smack on him. No, you're done. I'm, I'm canceling Darren Ravel. He's done. Anywho. The question now becomes, should Zion play the rest of the season if healthy? Which, you know, if you if you want to look at another Duke player that did the same thing, was well, I don't know if he did the same thing. I can't remember if he was hurt or if he or if he just protected his stock by not playing. But Kyrie, Kyrie played eleven games in his only excuse me, in his only season at Duke. So as I as I think I've said on this podcast before, I am a Duke fan. It's it's a roundabout way where I got a hand-me-down Duke shirt. And I didn't know any better because I was way young. And so I just kind of thought, oh, I know this team. Let me root for them. And so from then on, I've been a Duke fan. And as from a from a Duke fan perspective, I obviously want them to, you know, go on and win the national championship. Like, like that'd be great. But thinking realistically and taking off, you know, t- taking off those glasses, there's no way Zion should step foot on the court the rest of this season from the moment he committed to Duke, he was already the unanimous number one pick. So I don't see any reason why he should put that at risk because yeah, sure. I mean, if if, if, what, what college athlete wouldn't want to play for a national championship? What, what college athlete that is at the level of Zion wouldn't want to go out there and be with his team every night. But I mean, dude, this guy has, tens of millions of dollars riding on being the number one pick. And I know I did see somewhere that he has like $8 million of I guess draft insurance. You could call it. If he slides past like the 16th pick, he gets like 8 million bucks. But I mean, you already know you're going number one, man. You know, you're going number one. Why go back on the court, risk re-injuring yourself and possibly even giving even even letting that possibility of sliding past number 1 or even past 16 enter the conversation i don't think there's any question that he should sit the rest of this season and then just head right into the nba make his money and dominate there now that brings up one other thing that i'm passionate about when it comes to players in the draft they absolutely need to go back to the rule where players can enter out of high school. This one and done is is moronic. And I can't remember if I brought this up on either of the past two episodes, but I'm going to go into it a little bit here. The way I think it needs to be done is that it needs to be like football in the sense of if you are going to go to college, you need to stay at least three years. If you want to go straight out of high school like it used to be, like Kobe and LeBron did, that's great. I love it. Go for it. But do not make these kids go to college for one pointless year where it's not even going to matter to them. And the fans know that they have that one year of that player. The coach knows they have that one year of that player. The player knows they have that one year at that school. 
it just doesn't make any sense. It almost defeats the purpose. It's like, uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it's stupid. I, I know there's already been conversations about changing it back, but it, it, it needs to be done. It needs to be done now. And it needs to be, you can enter out of high school or you need to stay all three to four years of college before going. All right. This last segment, like I mentioned at the start of the show, I'm, I'm this, the, this is going to be a rant and event from me because it's, it's just, it's it's nothing new, but it's getting to the point now where I'm where as a fan, I'm genuinely considering taking my fandom somewhere else. Which I I'm 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 not I'm not the fairweather fan kind of person. I will admit some of my fandoms have come through odd through odd alleys. But once I'm a fan of someone like that is that is set in stone to me. So the fact that the fact that this is genuinely getting to a point where I'm giving I'm not giving the team an ultimatum obviously because I have no pull but where I'm basically saying if this if this if it gets to this point I'm done like that is that's 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 big for me. And obviously as the teaser mentioned we're talking about the Indians and the fact that they have done jack shit this year this offseason, excuse me. Meanwhile, the Twins and it seems like everybody else is actually, you know, having activity and doing what teams do in the offseason, which is sign and acquire players. Even today, Marwin Gollins, Marwin Gonzalez, that was almost bad. Buddies would not have let me live that down if I did not correct that. Excuse me. Marwin Gonzalez signed with the Twins. Two years, $21 million. Not like the Indians couldn't have afforded that. Few weeks, maybe a month or so ago, Mike Mustakis signs with the Brewers, one year, ten million. Indians definitely could have afforded that. Jonathan Scope, Twins, one year, seven and a half million. I mean, come on. How how long have they been? How long have they now been looking to offload Jason Kipnis's garbage contract? And there goes a second baseman for like half the price. And I know he's a DH, and I know he's getting up there in age, but still, Nelson Cruz. million for one year. It's like, but oh, thank God. Thank God we have Deonna Navarro and Tyler Clippard. Oh, and and, 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 I'm sorry, don't let me forget Tim Fedorowicz. What what would we do without Tim Fedorowicz? My God. All right, good good thing. Good thing Tim Fedorowicz was the missing piece to get us back to the World Series. Are you kidding me? This offseason has been garbage. You let people go like Cody Allen, Andrew Miller, Melky Cabrera, Michael Brantley, and you do nothing to replace them. Nothing. That Edwin, that Edwin Encarnacion and Yandy Diaz trade did nothing to make you better. At worst, you stay level. Oh, it's so great. Oh, thank God we have Carlos Santana back. He's a hometown hero. My God, I'm so happy. No, I don't give a shit that Carlos Santana's back, okay? He does not make this team better. Oh, and Jake Bowers. Thank God we have Jake Bowers. Oh, my God. How could I forget about the stud that is Jake Bowers? Oh, my Lord. What a phenomenal move. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. This is this offseason salt. Hell no. The Indians are 18th in total payroll. They are being outspent by teams like the Mets. The Rangers, the Reds, the Diamondbacks, they are doing nothing. 
I didn't expect them. I did not go into this offseason saying, okay, they're going to compete for people like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. I'm realistic about that. The Indians have never been the kind of team that's gone after huge names like that. Or, you know, not that this is in the conversation, but international prospects. They've just never been the kind of team to do that. And and I'm okay with that. I don't need the $300 million man. I'm okay with that. But for God's sake, do something that makes this team better. Please. The best thing they did this year was was avoid arbitration with, with Trevor Bauer for 13 mil. They signed Frankie for 10 mil. But it's like, what's that do? Okay, that's one more year of the three years left we have of team control of Frankie before he ends up getting traded or walking away. And I swear to God, I swear on all that is holy and all that I love in this world, if the Indians do not at least make a real effort to sign Francisco Lindor when his time comes for free agency or before, that's it. That That is where I am done. That is where I am taking my fandom somewhere else. The Indians are dead to me. I am done with them. Because if they let Francisco Lindor walk without even making a genuine pitch to him, without saying, okay, here is our legitimate best number, and it better be at least close to his best number, if there is not a true effort there, and they just say, oh, well, well, we don't even want to try to pay you what you're worth, you know, one of the best, if not the best shortstop in the game right now, and one of the probably top five players in the game, no, that's okay. That's fine. Just, just, yeah, that's okay. Thanks. Thanks for your time here. Really appreciate it. It was really fun getting to one World Series. I'm done. That is where I am done. The fact that you could not find a trade partner for Kluber, I could understand. Because that's that comes down to what other teams are willing to give up, that's fine. You want to, you know, you... you ah, it's just so frustrating. Because there is no, there is no effort from them. They have all this money to spend, and they're doing, they're doing jack with it. You are so far underneath the league average in terms of in terms of payroll, and you sit here, you just sit here twiddling your thumbs, saying, "Oh well, let's trade Jan Gomes. Oh, let's trade Yonder Alonso for some for some guy named Alex Call, who essentially I could go up there and and probably play like he can." Oh, but oh man, thank thank God, thank God we picked up Cody or Cody Anderson for one more season. Man, he's just been such an integral part to this team. Screw you, Dolans. If you have all this money and you do not want to spend it, then sell the team, go take that money, go do whatever the hell you do want to do with it because you obviously don't want to run a baseball team. This is a joke. This is embarrassing for the Indians and for Indians fans. And I just, there is there is no explanation for it. There is no justifying it. And it is the most frustrated any non-Browns Cleveland team has made me in my life as a fan. I've tried to cut the Dolan slack throughout the years. You know, however many years ago they dropped big money on Nick Swisher and Michael Bourne, did they work out? No. But you know what? They tried. They made an effort. They dropped big money on Edwin. They were making an effort. But if you are going to let this window just basically blow by of having the talent we have and had at this point, with only getting to one World Series, be content with winning a horrible division, getting swept in the first round of the playoffs, you have no business being a major league owner. No business. Get out.
God, I hate the Dolan so much. Okay. I think that's going to do it for this episode of I'm Just Saying. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, as always. I think I need a beer. No, but in all seriousness, though, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you again for listening, for all of you that did. It really does mean a lot. I know I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again. <clears throat> I am hoping to get a bit more regimented schedule of this so that we're not waiting a month, over a month for another episode. You know, even if I just pop in with little five, ten minute episodes, just my thoughts on on different things, um, you know, I, I, I will certainly try to do that because I know there's been obviously a lot of news that I that I've missed and I'm behind on, so I didn't want to let I didn't want to let some of the stuff I talked about today go without without addressing it. So, um, so thank you again for listening. This has been I'm just saying I am Jack Kopansky. Um, if you disagree with anything I said, if you want to call me a moron, call me an idiot, call me whatever name under the sun, follow me on Twitter at Jack underscore Kopansky. I'll leave a link in the, in the description of the podcast. Be sure to like, and subscribe this podcast, tell your friends about it, tell your mom about it, tell your dad about it. And, uh, just stay tuned because like I'm saying, hopefully, hopefully there will be some more episodes very soon. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.